0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first podcast of the Diplomacy Law and uh, Policy Forum. Um, I have with us uh, Miss Aisha Malik, I, Oves Anwar, we're both uh, editors of the forum. And we wanted to take this first session and discuss what exactly the DLP forum is, Diplomacy Law uh, and Policy, um, why we established it and where we see it going in the in the next few months. So Aisha, uh, first of all, welcome. And uh, Thank you. it's good to have you here. Um, the DLP forum, we established this uh, very recently um, and it's it's uh, going to be uh, coming out in the next uh, few months with, you know, ever more additions and, and articles and it's becoming you know, a flourishing uh, platform. Uh, but why did we actually set this up? What did you what were our what was the thinking behind it?
1: So it's going to be officially launched on the 12th of August, which is the anniversary of the Geneva Conventions. And we, we set it up to basically shape and, um, you know, have a space for debate and dialogue on international hum- humanitarian laws So the law of armed conflict mm-hmm. and diplomacy and policy. And so we're looking at these as very interconnected intersectional themes, um, where we can have a very very rich debate and contextualize it. So we wanted to have a lot of local voices talking about this, talking about humanitarian diplomacy, the law of armed conflict and policy, how they interconnect, um, and giving us a really contextualized understanding. So we start from Pakistan as well, and we start from um, the region and looking at it and connecting it with all of these international debates that we uh, we can see happening in the world today so yeah it's basically for students policymakers academics experts people like that who are interested in these interconnected themes and areas and um if if you like watching the news if you like reading about it if you like the key questions facing the world today and want to know more about them then this platform is really for you
0: no, absolutely and i think um you know some of the thinking that we we had behind this was to be able to to have a platform where um, you know, we could discuss cross-cutting themes. Because yeah. I think one of the biggest problems we have uh, in Pakistan, but also regionally, is that people work in silos. So mm. whether you have academics in particular fields, they're simply working in those, uh, those areas, policymakers, diplomats whereas uh the level of complexity in you know contemporary issues is is far greater now uh, than it was you know uh, a few decades ago and, and to be to be able to have a platform where these individuals and and these these entities and and scholars um from the region could come together and discuss these things you know um and especially in the region that we're in right now yeah. i think uh, a lot of um Problems that arises simply from the lack of debate mm. uh, that we can have with, you know, interlocutors in, in Afghanistan or, or India or Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. Um, so I think that's one of the purposes of having a forum like this. Um, and that's really why we're uh, also encouraging a lot of people to, to you know, contribute to the forum, because this is an open forum that that uh, we really want people to, to um, you know, volunteer articles for, help write uh, as part of the blog, uh, join us for podcasts. Uh, And things like that. So um, I think those are some of the the issues there. And secondly, I also think that especially in Pakistan, uh, whether it's the legal community or or other community, we don't have a lot of public forums where Mm. we can bring about this debate. And so having, you know, being able to add to the debate um, and and just having a platform where people can openly express their views. I think that's something that is uh, really important as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I think it's really important to have it be very interdisciplinary because I think that even when we do teachings, when we do trainings, we often find that you have the IR people, the international relations people, mm. and then you have the international lawyers and they're kind of both just like watching each other <laughs> and they're kind of like, oh, you don't understand this bit. And, and then the international relations people mention some concepts and they're like, you won't get this. You're lawyers. Um, so it is about having that debate in a, in a forum where people can then raise awareness, learn about all of these different concepts and kind of come out with a richer understanding of all of them, um, combined. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Uh, and the fact that we're, we're kind of situating it within, with Pakistan and with the region in focus, but connecting it to very, very international issues. So these are, Issues that I think that the global south especially doesn't say enough on. Mm. So if we're talking about the law of armed conflict or we're talking about the principle of proportionality, it's something that we've kind of not had enough debate coming from this area of the world in terms of how that should go forward, in terms of the importance of state practice, in terms of the importance of having a state position on this. And that is only created by academic rigor and academic debate.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the... You, you can't have academic debates centered away from the region where, which is most impacted by, you know, a lot of the, uh, the rules that are established for whether it's armed conflict or, or diplomacy or, um, negotiations Mm -hmm. uh, in these areas. So I think it's, it's extremely important that we get local voices, people who are directly impacted by these issues, um, and scholars who are, you know so rooted in in the culture and the, and the society that is most impacted by this being able to speak up uh, on these issues so i really think that's uh, one of the best things about this forum is um going to the source yeah, um, yeah. and highlighting voices that would not otherwise be mm-hmm. heard and it's not like we have a dearth of um scholars or people who can who can discuss this we have them throughout the region and, yeah, and some yeah. excellent scholars um you know in pakistan in in india and uh in the region it's just that i don't think we have enough um emphasis on bringing these voices
1: to to the public or to the academic community. Uh, I think given both of us have been teaching, you see that in moot court competitions, right? You see people get incredibly into these IHL nitty gritty, very refined kind of debates. And then what happens at the end? They actually don't, they end up going into litigation or they go into another area of law and they never look at that ever again. And I think the only people then who remain who've done this for decades, there's a small handful of people. So it's about encouraging kind of us to have like a plethora of lawyers or, you know, policymakers or anyone who, who know enough about this area of law, who can come speak about it authoritatively and just just have a deeper understanding of it.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really important point. Um, and that wasn't really in my talking points, but um is is the fact that. You know, having forms like this can help support developing careers in, in this field. So like, if you are going to be promoting, uh, if you want to promote international law, better adherence with international Mm -hmm. obligations, you need the capacity domestically, uh, to be able to understand and implement those, right? Yeah. But the only way you're going to have that is if there's a market for these individuals. So Mm -hmm. why would universities teach a course which doesn't allow employability, um, or, or improve, you know, employment prospects? So, I think one of this is is part of the uh, I mean DLP forum is part of the f- ecosystem mm. that will help um, develop a market yeah. uh, for individuals who can come in, um, think tanks, uh, having the international expertise and 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 then welcoming international law, budding international international law uh, experts come in, join them, and you know build careers from there. So I think that's also a very important point that you raised.
1: I think particularly as well when I look at the concept of diplomacy. And humanitarian diplomacy—the whole idea of you know um, you trying to persuade policymakers or persuade people to help people in need—and I think um, I mean one of the greatest diplomatic feats uh, recently in the recent past has been Obama's Iran deal, which was really yeah, really touched as like this uh, this incredible moment for diplomacy given these two warring entities. And then you had recently the nuclear. Um, the nuclear ban treaty. I mean, only 51 countries have ratified it, but one of the key provisions of that was this focus on disarmament diplomacy, that those t- those states which have ratified this treaty will then go out of their way to persuade other states mm-hmm. to also do so and to give up their nuclear weapons. Um And I think that that's gonna be very, very important given how much we're gonna see states receding from the international plane. Um, Fewer and fewer states are now willing to go out of their way to ratify treaties. They don't want any more international obligations. So then how do you bring international law to the fore? How do you encourage the states to still engage with that? And I think it's going to be through diplomacy in the future.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, you know, a good point that you've raised is that while people do work in silos, these issues can't be Easily, um, you know, they're not—they're not easily severable. Yep. Diplomacy yeah, diplomacy in and international humanitarian law or international law mm. in general is part of diplomacy. Yeah, they're—they're—they're yeah. they're, they're, they're a parcel that that go together, um, and so it becomes very difficult to have a debate, you know, where you're just an IR specialist or just an international law specialist. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. And I think this is what that forum tries to do. It tries to bridge the gap between these entities that have, or, or are emerging, uh, in these regions, in our region. Uh, separately, uh, almost, and then bring them together. So I think that's a great point that you made there. So Aisha, I wanted to ask you, how is this forum set up? Like what what is uh, what are we asking people to contribute towards or, or um, how is it set up essentially?
1: So we're going to be hosting um, a bunch of articles, videos, podcasts, infographics, where we where we talk about a specific theme every month. Okay. So we're starting off with an introduction to international humanitarian law. So we're talking about the cardinal principles. We're talking about status, the classification of conflicts. It's a kind of basic. Um, basic issues in international humanitarian law, which we will then build upon um, in subsequent months. So the themes after that will be means and methods of warfare. We're going to look at urbanization of conflict. We're going to okay. look at climate change and conflict. Um, we're going to be looking, and even in means and methods of warfare, for instance, we're going to be looking at cyber warfare. We're going to be looking at spa- armed conflict in space. We know that all of these billionaires are now mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. head to Mars and stuff. So, <laughs> so what does that mean for... Um, the weaponization really of space, autonomous weapons. And, um, yeah, so it's a very, very, a lot of things will come in to every theme every month and we'll just build on upon that every month. So you have, um, a great center for a bunch of academic articles and podcasts and videos, which you can go to if you're looking at anything related to any of these themes.
0: That's brilliant. And, and I really like the fact that, um, you know, we're, it's, it's an exciting time in IHL.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: for international humanitarian law, the law of armed conflict, a lot is happening, right? Um, just look at the advances in drone warfare and, yeah, and how yeah. it's completely changed the, the battlefield. Right. So how is the law going to catch up and how is the law going to develop uh, mm. relating to that? And then you have, you know, artificial intelligence coming in, cyber warfare, uh, all of these elements. So I think it's great that our themes are moving with these yeah. issues and will be progressing as these themes, you know, um, as these issues progress as well. Um, and I think one of the, the, the best things about uh, the, you know, the, the structuring of the DLP form is that we want to make this as visually interesting, as no. intellectually stimulating as we possibly can. So, so, you know, the art of telling a story or, or um, you know explaining a viewpoint no. we want to do that as effectively as possible using whatever means we now have in this this modern contemporary world um, so whether it is through blogs or through podcasts or through um, you know infographics and, and uh, striking visuals that is something that that you know is part and parcel of this and, no. and we're very grateful to um, you know teaming up with the ICRC the International Committee of the Red Cross to be able to allow us to do this mm. um, and, and bring this uh, portal uh, or platform uh, online
1: yeah yeah definitely and i think i think the focus for us is on creating something creating products and creating academic resources which will be d- uh, you know, which will be very comprehensive, but at the same time, very simple. Yeah. So if you are sitting on your couch at home watching the news and wondering how somebody working in Langley, Virginia, can I sit there, play on their joystick and send a drone into Afghanistan and wondering uh, what does the law say about this? That mm-hmm. is what we're going to try to explain to you, um, over the coming months. What laws apply? What do they say? If you're wondering about Israel and Gaza and you're wondering about how that works, what even does proportionality mean? We're going to be talking to you about And I, and I hope that the way we're going to come at it is going to be something which is very analytical and also very critical. Because I think, um, I think one of the main issues with IHL is that because the, a lot of the, topics, a lot of the principles, um, sound like you would understand them very easily. So disproportionality, disprop- mm. for instance, uh, it actually means something very, very complicated. <laughs> yeah. And we can't figure out, figure out what it means in most cases. And so often you have, especially human rights organizations sitting there and being like, this is disproportionate because a lot of civilians died. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that under IHL, it's not about the number of civilians dying. It's about the importance of that military objective. Absolutely. And so, and the, and the that yeah, that exactly. So something that can kill three civilians could be disproportionate. Something that can kill 100 civilians cannot be. And I think I think it's about having a very analytical, very critical approach to that, where we look at these things and we don't just blanket say statements <laughs> like this is disproportionate. We look at that in a, in a lot more detail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think holding, um, you know, uh, people who make, statements whether whether it's say you know a spokesperson for the Israeli defense forces yeah. or a spokesperson yeah. for another ar- army holding them accountable as well Definitely. because um, you know not every attack can be justified just through uh, diplo talk and and mm. um, you know legalese and and uh, going through that it requires analysis which which needs to be done at some form and and for us in 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 Pakistan I think a lot of the debate gets confused um, when it gets to us and, and we're not easy, easily able to uh, sift through, you know, what yeah. is propaganda, what is um, some other form of, uh, you know, non-neutral uh, a source of, of news for us. So I think trying to be uh, as neutral, as um, impartial in this entire uh, debate and bringing these these issues, discussing the law as it is. Uh, for our audience, I think is is very important. I think that's what the the forum really needs to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's really important to see that every every statement made by, say, an American congressman or a uh, an Israeli spokesperson about mm-hmm. an attack on Gaza has been sifted through. Every single word has been looked at by God knows how many lawyers. <laughs> exactly. And I remember I was at a conference last year, and they were talking about how it's really really sad that in American space diplomacy, um, you have fewer people working there than you have in the average McDonald's. And I was sat there thinking in Pakistan, you have in the entirety of international law, fewer people <laughs> than probably work in an average McDonald's. And that is something that needs to change. That culture needs to change. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And the focus on these as important issues. Mm-hmm. Um, which are incredibly important for you as a state on the world stage but also very important for your uh for individuals on a sense of individual awareness like i'm sure the average pakistani the average person in south asia mm. watches the news and wants to understand these concepts better and also understands that you know there are now more and more alternative viewpoints that are coming out and so you have the rise of social media you have the decline of normal media and what does that mean and which voices are then going to speak out and, and um Talk to people, and I think that this can be a form which does that, which explains these concepts and also tells them, um, tells them in a way that is, you know, comprehensible, also simple.
0: And I think it's it's. Um even more important, especially in this age of disinformation and fake news where, you know, people have a source to go to which is reliable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, it, <laughs> we're not going to say that we are the most reliable source. Definitely check everything that we say or anyone says. But, you know, you need to have certain places where you can go and know that you're not going to be spun or or you're not going to get the news in a, in a particular way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really important. Um, Aisha, one final question that I wanted to ask you is where do you want to see this forum go? Where do you want to see this form develop or want to see this form develop into?
1: What I really want is to see people be like, oh, I wonder what that is, And then be like, oh, I need to go and check on the DLP forum and see what everyone is saying about this. Mm-hmm. I want people to be talking about the podcast. I want people to be commenting on them, criticizing what we're saying, even, or, you know, giving us feedback, that kind of thing. And I, I want to see a lot of students, policymakers, academics use this forum as like a resource center. Because I want it to be the kind of place that you go and you say, oh, I wonder, you know, what they're saying about this latest attack in Gaza. I wonder what they're saying about hypersonic missiles and whether mm-hmm. they can come. Apply with IHL um, so stuff like that. that that's what I really want this to be
0: um, and another thing that I wanted to discuss was we're trying to make this platform as you know democratic as possible and and part of that is um, you know encouraging people to uh, to talk to us to, to contribute to to their, their analysis their opinions to our blogs, to um, the articles that we publish. You'll have an excellent editorial team, if I might say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, join us for our podcasts and, and view our podcasts, leave comments on that. Um, and so I'm really happy that this forum is now coming about. So definitely contribute to dlpforum.org. Um, the website will be up on August 12th. Yeah, launching August. 12th. Launching yeah. on August 12th. And um, we really look forward to to having a successful launch of this and, and you being part of the journey for this. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks.